Hello and welcome to another fabulous intellectual episode of the Partial Historians. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Greenfield. And here comes the radness. <laughs> yes, I am your other host. Welcome, one. Welcome, all. Welcome, welcome. Yes. Where are we up to? What is going on? What is love? <laughs> what love? <laughs> no, you just asked for that one. No, <laughs> I did. No, okay. Uh, we are continuing with our narrative of the history of Rome from the founding of the city. And where were we up to last time we met Dr. G? I believe we'd started looking at the struggle of the orders. So a conflict that is emerging internally within Rome's class structure. Yes. Uh, between the patricians, uh, the traditional wealthy aristocracy. Yes. Who co-opt most of the power for themselves. Yeah. And the plebeians, what would be equivalent, to, I suppose, to a bit of our working class. The people who work the farms, make the armies, armies by being in them. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, and as we talked about last time, just to give a bit of background for those of you who may be joining us for the first time, um, one of the things we're going to be sort of looking at, I suppose, a little bit is the, the lack of certain knowledge about who the patricians actually were. Um, and who the plebeians actually were, um, by contrast. Like, we definitely know that these must have been, obviously, two, two groups that were, um, that were quite important in terms of the way the society was set up. We don't really know the background of the patricians. You know, some scholars argue that the patricians are a group of, of people who come to dominate politics after the fall of the monarchy. Okay, whereas for other people, they are, you know, the original clans, uh, you know, the, re- the original people who were chosen to be advisors to the king and, you know, therefore were original members of, like, the early Senate, I suppose. Okay, so there's a lot of debate about, you know, who these patricians actually are, how they come to dominate political life so much, um, because it does seem as though, as you say, they are the aristocracy, um, and they seem to have an, a monopoly on a lot of political officers, religious officers, they certainly have the right to wear some fancy shoes. <laughs> Do would, they? That fancy would, shoes? That would make me angry. <laughs> I want fancy shoes. Exactly. What fancy shoes? How do I not know this detail of history? <laughs> they do. They actually have the right to wear fancier shoes than everybody else. If you're, you're happy. Well, you do have to be able yeah. to spot them out in a crowd, exactly. I suppose. Yeah. So, um, so, yes, all these kinds of things make the plebeians steaming mad. <laughs> Bitter and jealous. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. rightly so. Mostly, I want fancy shoes too. Yeah, it's, I believe it's called the, uh, the Calcius Patricius. Mm. Patricius. <laughs> I mean, of course it is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Um, well, like, the trouble with this sort of thing is that because Roman historiography doesn't really come into its full extent until we get into the late Republic, exactly. so yeah. around about 100 BC onwards, yeah. um, what we know about early Rome is conjecture. Absolutely. Um, yeah. For I mean, the most part, created through the oral histories and an understanding of those oral histories and written down, but obviously... It's open to debate. Yeah, and uh, and your main source is Dionysius of Halicarnassus. <laughs> Mine is Livy. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I was just choking <laughs> on my. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Just choking. I mean, just because he's a Greek. No, I'm just kidding. Um, mine is Livy, um, but both of these sources, as we've talked about previously, see other podcasts. Um, <laughs> both of them are being written um, around the the turning point from late Republic to early Principate or early empire, and therefore it's highly possible that they are writing the history of this period through the lens of their own time. And therefore perhaps, you know, 
it seems as though some scholars have suggested that they overemphasize the importance of the Senate at this point in time, you know, for early Rome uh, and, and that sort of thing. Yes. Um, uh, which obviously has some bearing on the idea that, you know, are you a patrician because you're a senator or do you become <laughs> a patrician when what? you become I'm a senator? senator. We, are, we yeah. don't really know what the relationship is. And so it is, it is a lot of conjecture at this point in time. Yeah. There, yeah. there is some challenges because as far as we can tell, the patrician class is, is more like an ethnic group rather than it is a political force. Like yeah. there's not a direct overlap between political roles and their family position mm. having said that it seem it seems to mm. be the case very clearly so that all the available political positions just happen to be inhabited by people who are also patricians you don't say <laughs> no way bro and at this particular... those fancy shoes <laughs> yeah exactly walk the corridors of power these boots are made for walking <laughs> Mm. Yeah, and that's just it. And um, as far as we can tell, using these histories, which, as we said, you know, like who knows exactly how accurate a presentation they are, but there certainly are particular clan names which are associated with, you know, being patrician clans, like the Claudii. We talked about Appius Claudius. Very old patrician family. Yeah, uh, uh, and, you know, and they seem to have Sabine origins. Um, And then you've got people like the Valerii, who we talked about a little bit, um, you know, a few podcasts. Oh, actually, probably more than a few podcasts ago now. But um, these prominent families, which keep coming up again and again, the Julii, who, Mm -hmm. you know, which will one day become quite famous. (laughs) Quite famous. Not not ridiculous. You know, I mean, people will be like, oh, yeah, those guys. Yeah, yeah. Like the Julii. Yeah, Yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, So there do seem to be particular patrician clans. But yes. again, how you know what that actually really means? It seems pretty clear yeah. that Rome is operating on a family structure. Mm. Broad clans yep. um, are dictating power. Yeah, and particularly in the absence now of a king, any sort yes. of monarch. Well, because interestingly, I think as we pointed out when we talked about the regal period, which actually isn't all that long ago, even though it's many podcasts ago, <laughs> it's actually only about fifteen years ago when you think mm. about it. Um, but yeah, basically, as far as we can tell, the kings themselves were not patricians. Oh, yeah. really? Well, well not necessarily. Well, obviously, we well, got, you know, I mean, got, like, a couple a outsiders, a couple of thing. them weren't, but you know, a few of them were. But it doesn't seem to have been a prerequisite. So you know, no, like, just in, to- just in no. terms of talking about like you could, dominating political, yes, yeah, so you could yeah. just choose the best candidate to be yeah. your successor. Yeah, uh, and we've seen examples of that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, anyway, so that's just giving you a bit of background as to who these classes actually are. Yeah. Look, I think I I like to think of the patricians as kind of like you know a mafia group that Me too. now yeah. now <laughs> yeah. that I know it's Italian, I can't help myself. Yeah. But but, in the family. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now they've gotten rid of the monarch, and it's kind of like, all right, I guess the crims are on top then. And it's yeah. like, and it's all about family, and it's all about loyalty, and it's all about who knows who. Well, and this is just it. I mean, really, because we are in the early days of the Republic, um, we do have to keep in mind how fluid things must have been. In a sense, they're really probably still figuring things out. Oh, very much yeah, so. Yeah. And it's not like the patricians are honourable in any particular way. It's not like they have some sort of moral claim no. for leadership. I'm like, as far as I can tell, like they're mostly in it for themselves. Probably, I, I can. Power agree corrupts, <laughs> and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I feel like this is how we got to the struggle of the orders in the first place. Yes, that's a very good using segue. the plebeians. Yeah. Far too much. Yeah. So to the point that they can't be used anymore yeah. because they're all now enslaved to their creditors. Yeah, and this is basically this is basically where we were up to at the end of the last episode. Okay, we've got this situation where there's been all these external threats and the plebeians have 
tried to use uh, mob power, I suppose, um, <laughs> by actually banding together and saying, nope, no more. <laughs> you pushed us to the brink. And congratulations, <laughs> we're broken. <laughs> you win. <laughs> yeah. And so um, the consoles have had to do some tap dancing, essentially, particularly one, Servilius. Oh, man, what a dude. Yeah. So charismatic. Man of the people. Look, you know, like, set me up on a date, please. <laughs> um, and basically, um, in opposition to his colleague, who is Appius Claudius, and who's much more conservative and much more, let's not give them anything that they want, Servilius <laughs> um, has managed to persuade the plebeians to help out with the external threats that Rome was facing, um, saying, look, guys, well, totes deal with these issues. I want to talk more about your feelings <laughs> <laughs> but just after we've kicked us you know not have our city burnt to the ground that kind of stuff we'll hug later guys exactly now's not a good time <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the plebeians um, after he made them some promises basically saying that you know no one's going to be enslaved if you fight in the war yada yada the plebeians have got on board they've fought they're a bit feeling a One little bit happier final hurrah yeah they're feeling a little bit happier however Finally, there are no more external threats to distract them. <laughs> not for now, yes. Yeah, not for now, yeah. not for now. Just right <laughs> at this point in time, there it are is... no people trying yeah, to yeah. tear down room for. It is now around about 493 yep. slash 492 BCE. Yep. The consuls for this year, mm. according to the Fasti, yeah. uh, or not because the Fasti is a bit incomplete, yeah. Aulus Virginius <laughs> Kalima Montanus. Wow. I know. I don't think I did that one yeah. <laughs> correctly, but that's okay. I am. And, me. <laughs> and Titus, Vitruvius Gaminus mm, okay. uh, are the consuls for this year. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, basically, in Livy's narrative, um, basically the plebeians turn around and say, So, guys, what uh, is? We you know really that like, thing? Yeah, those promises that you made, those promises, we'd really like you to fulfill them. Follow through, man. Yeah. I'm just looking for a little bit of, like, follow through. Like, I just want some sense of your competency. Uh. Yeah, see, I feel like Livy, Livy is still talking about Appius Claudius, you see. Um, basically talking about how Appius Claudius immediately returns to his old ways. In that, I he's... don't think he ever left his old ways. No. <laughs> oh, Livy, you're he... funny. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think he basically put them on pause. I oh, suppose. oh, oh. Um, yeah, yeah, and basically, you know, yeah. as you said, there seems to have been really built up this like total rivalry between Servilius like, as being like a man of the people and Appius Claudius being like a man for the patricians um, or the upper classes. And basically, Appius Claudius um, immediately starts um, basically re- like, making sure arrests for debt are being carried out. Oh, great! <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, because he's still talking about he's still talking about this as being like these these guys are still the consuls. We haven't moved on in Livy. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, it's the people... Time, it's time to move on. Oh, yeah, yeah no, keep going. Yeah, and basically <laughs> the people turn around and make appeals to civilians. They're like, hey, man, like, uh, I thought you said that <laughs> this wasn't going to happen. You're on our side, so... Yeah, and civilians basically doesn't actually really know which way to turn, Dr. Oh, G. really? That's yeah. quite interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah, he basically, in my account, he refuses to get involved. And as oh, a really? result... You know, it's that old... That doesn't seem like the Servilius I know. Well, it's the Servilius that lives, <laughs> let me tell you. And it's much like the old saying, in trying to please everybody, mm. he pleased nobody. No one. No one. Because both, well, he has made a lot of patrician enemies at yeah, this point, so he's probably the, trying to juggle a well, little bit of the politics. That's just it. The patricians are upset that he's not, you know, just getting in there and helping out Claudius. <laughs> and the plebeians are, quite understandably, I think... We're like, also upset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, you had our backs. Exactly. We had that triumph for you. Yeah. 
And so Sevilius ends up becoming just as unpopular as Appius Claudius, apparently. Yeah. Oh, look, send him to me. I'll hug him. Yeah. And basically, <laughs> he tried. He tried. I, I think in a sense, uh, their rivalry is played out uh, because they, they start fighting over the right to dedicate a temple to Mercury. <laughs> Who's going to have the honor? Ooh, I don't know. It's all so exciting. <laughs> uh, and so the Senate have to, deci- have to say, look, guys, if you can't decide between the two of you, for heaven's sakes, we'll just put it to a vote. <laughs> okay. Uh, but the people vote for a centurion <laughs> as a deliberate slap in the face to the consul, one Marcus Detorius. <laughs> and of course, the patricians are furious. <laughs> oh, I don't have anything like that sort of detail. No, in my no, this, this is, is this great. Is, this yeah, is excellent. Exactly. Keep we're talk- going. We're talking I'm about loving the drama. The right struggle now. of the orders is you know, <laughs> epic. It's epic. Yeah. Um, and no, th- I'm dedicating the temple. <laughs> no, I'm dedicating the temple. Mercury loves me more. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. Um, and so the plebeians again decide. Look, guys, if we're going to defeat this whole thing, mm. this whole debt bondage, we have to unite. Okay, and so basically, whenever anybody, uh, whenever a debtor is taking someone to the court, uh, it, I guess on the other hand, they're going to be cashing in uh, and putting them in debt bondage. Yeah, the police. Well, band the only together. reason, yeah, the only reason why they go to the court is to surrender yeah. officially yeah. to the magistrate. So everybody knows what's about to happen here. Yeah, exactly. Um, so everyone's like, quick. Flash mob! Pretty much. (laughs) And so they band together and they're like, no, 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 baby, no, 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 no. And they basically uh, stop. um, I suppose that no individual can be also held responsible, you know, for intervening in this matter. No one can um, be prosecuted because there's just too many of them. Um, And yeah, so basically they're using their mob power to um, interfere interfere. with legislation. Yeah, 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 exactly. Interfere um, with the process of governance. Yes. As it is. Yes, exactly. Nice. Um, and Appius Claudius. The revolution. Yeah. Viva la revolution. <laughs> yeah. Appius Claudius is getting increasingly worked up. I mean, just when you think his, his rage must be at fever pitch right now, um, it it hasn't even got there yet. He's furious with Civilius. He feels like he is betraying the state by not backing up the Senate. Um, over this whole creditors <laughs> issue, yeah, basically. Wow, yeah, that's he, a big call. It is exactly. Um, this is why they're both still consul. Yes, incredible. Yeah, exactly. So things are really, really tense. Okay, mm. um, and he also feels that Civilius has betrayed the state by refute. Well, not refusing to, but again, kind of by absenting himself and not executing this decree of the Senate for levying troops. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, and yeah. so there's a lot of tension here. And Appius decides, you know what? It's time to make my move. I've had it. I've had it. I, I don't like this mob. This whole situation is getting out of hand. And so he makes the incredibly bold move of arresting the ringleader of the angry mob. What? There's a ringleader? There is apparently. What's, what's the name of the ringleader? I unfortunately do not have the name of, oh, the, ring, Livy. of the ringleader. Exactly. But uh, actually, sorry, ringleaders. Ooh. As you would imagine, there's Ooh. more than one. Mm. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so basically, the lictors lay hold of the ringleaders. Okay, okay. fair enough. Um, and basically, the lictors are the ones with the fascades, yeah, the yeah. axes. Those dudes, mm-hmm. <laughs> the threatening mm-hmm. ones. Yeah, yeah, they're allowed to threaten people. Yeah, that's their job. Um, and basically, he won't allow an appeal at first. Well, mm. you know, if I was a plebeian right now, I'd get together the biggest flash mob I'd ever found. You would think, um, yeah. And just send upon this crowd of like no appeal court, whatever it is. 
and make my feelings known. Yeah, but it feels like the rest of the senators are feeling that Appius is maybe maybe being a bit too bold here. <laughs> <laughs> too unreasonable. Really? Yeah, and so basically Appius has Servi- to give So Servilius must be doing some talking on the side. You would think. You would think that behind, you know, behind the scenes mm. he's working his magic because eventually Appius gives in. And this is not like Appius. He's generally a pretty <laughs> obstinate guy. <laughs> this would be the first time I've got a record of him giving in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So basically, apparently on the advice of colleagues, because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the people are quite unhappy, <laughs> um, he gives in over this whole appeal issue. Um, but, of course, this, this whole episode has just led to the growth of unhappiness within mm. the state. It's not done anything, really, to calm everything down. Yeah. And this is Way where, to make it worse. Yeah, this is where I get up to the next consulship. Wow, okay. Aulus okay. Virginius and yeah. Titus Vetusius, in my ooh, account. Ooh, yeah, ooh. I know. Vetusius. Vetusius. Oh, that's, that's cute. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, continue <laughs> on with your account. Mine count. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't really have too much to add, really. I mean, I've got some things. So this is, according to Dionysius, this is when the Sabine stuff crops up. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so we're slightly, we're slightly yeah, out of sync, in other slightly words. Slightly out of sync. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, and they deal with that quite quickly. And then they must look inward. Right. Um, yes. And Titus Lassius. Um, I remember of, that name. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? It does. Yes. An esteemed man of superior dignity, as he is described here. Mm. Um, and consummate prudence. Sounds a, <laughs> sounds a bit boring at parties. It does, yes. um, He is called on first by the Senate to speak and deliver his opinion. And he says, he first of all is like, you know, the situation inside Rome is terrible. Um, we must do something quickly mm. um, that is not terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... And we must act soon. And That's actually fairly similar to what I've got here. Livy's basically talking about <coughs> how they feel like the previous consuls should have dealt with this whole situation yes. much quicker than they did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they've got to act quickly yeah. and come up with a solution that is not terrible. Yes. Um, <laughs> guys, setting the bar really low. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> That's all um, we have to do. It's really important. Let's think of mediocre yeah, ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because our allies are calling upon us for our aid. Yes. And if we cannot send people to help them, our allies will start to turn into enemies. So this internal issue is going to affect our external relationships. Yeah, see, as well, the other thing that they sort of raise at this point in time is that um, they really feel like the levies, um, you know, levying troops should be being enforced because they feel, and this is hilarious and such an upper class thing to say, that the plebeians must be feeling unhappy because they're idle. Not, be- <laughs> not because they have any just cause to be yeah, upset, yeah. but because they're not doing their you usual know, duties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know when they don't complain? When they're at war. Exactly. So, yeah. you know what they enjoy? War. So, we should really have more of that. It's not that we, it's we all... Yeah. We clearly haven't had enough. <laughs> it's not that it's all time consuming and they don't have time to complain because they're busy like fighting for their lives. Yeah. It's just that they actually really enjoy being on campaign. Exactly. And when they being get bored, in danger. When they get bored, yeah. they get troublesome. Yeah, they really. Yeah. They've got nothing to do, yep. you know, twiddling their thumbs, lying about on their farm. And they're thinking about all these hardships. Yeah. Clearly we need to distract them. You know, them. and you know what hardships? It's like you're on downtime. You guys. know what's distracting? Having javelins thrown at your head. <laughs> <laughs> you know how you could be having more fun getting killed yeah. by a lake? Have you considered? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that crops up in my account. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good patrician uh, sort yeah. of outlook there. Understanding of yeah. what it's like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the man on the street. He yeah. just needs to be busy. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. 
Thanks, Romans. Um, <laughs> this, this really actually reminds me of like much later ideas that come up, you know, in the Victorian age. Yeah, I was going to say, this of is... the deserving poor and oh, the undeserving. Look, this is reeking of British Empire. <laughs> it is. Um, I'm, I'm feeling some strong parallels. Yeah, yeah. And maybe feeling slightly traumatized. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yes. Uh, this uh, Tinius Salasius um, is chatting away to everybody and he's mm. like, you know, uh, and if you haven't quite figured out yet what I'm talking about, because mm. he hasn't introduced his subject matter yet, yeah. he's like, I'm referring to the disobedience of the plebs. Uh-huh. <laughs> Those who are refusing to carry out the orders of the consuls. Yeah. Um, as well as our own severity. So he splits up the responsibility. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, our own severity against those who are disobedient and... Uh, the independent spirit that seems to be emerging from this class. You mm, know? I don't like it, I don't like it mm. at all. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this independent spirit, you know, that's the trouble. Yeah. You know, military discipline is probably <laughs> the way to go. Um, so we shouldn't consider anything else until we've considered this. And then he goes into this beautiful metaphor of two cities. We are living apart from one another Ooh. and inhabit two cities. A tale of two mm. cities. It was like the best it. of times. <laughs> it was the it worst, was the worst of, of times. times. Especially if you were patrician. I was going to say. So <laughs> it was the best of times, patrician. Yeah. It was the worst of times, plebeian. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So one, uh, one city is ruled by poverty and necessity. Mm. And the other is ruled by satiety and insolence. Ooh. So it... He does. He's not he does painting a good picture. He of the does <laughs> offer up some criticism to the senators, yeah. to their faces. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, fair enough. And so this is the first speech, and every he gets to the end of that, and everyone's like, mm, 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 "Yeah, we should do something <laughs> about this." Thought, uh, thought, yes. Mm, mm, yes, well, yeah. you know, I'm you're insolent, but you know, you know. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I can see what you're saying about yeah. the disobedient plebs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, I thought I thought you had more. No, okay. no, okay. no. That's a, that's a genuine. Okay. Pause. Well, see, in my in my account, um, at the, in this in this year of my my consuls, um, mm. basically the plebeians, even though they've been told that really the problem is guys, you're just bored. Huh. Um, the plebeians remain united and defiant. Surprisingly, <laughs> they I'm don't seem to. I'm not bored. Agree. I'm in debt and about to become a bondage exactly. slave. I'm not bored. <laughs> I'm angry. Um, but the senators are still being quite cowardly in Libby's account, and they refuse mm. to face the mob. <laughs> and so at this point in time, there's basically no resolution, and the consuls actually asked to abdicate as a Ooh. result. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Wow, um, so much for dealing with this hastily and not terribly. Yeah. Good job, and guys. And this is, this is where I get up to, I think, roughly where you're up to in terms of Publius Virginius and Titus Largius being mm. consuls. Mm. Um, okay, um, and basically Virginius is... Virginius's argument is that, well, we probably need to really consider things here because surely not all plebeians are affected by this state of affairs. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Some of those wretch plebs, they'll be fine. Kind of makes me think of academics. Let's not generalise here. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want to fall into a stereotype, you yeah. know. Whereas Largius is saying that all plebeians are affected and therefore we need to address the issues of all. Yes. Okay, so kind, kind of, I suppose, what... Uh, the vibe that we get from your account as well, yeah, in terms yeah, of yeah, who yeah. these people are. Uh, Appius Claudius makes a, another appearance. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I can only begin to imagine how exciting his response is going to be. Yeah, and he's, he's just like, God, I hate these plebs. They're, <laughs> they're not really suffering. We've just given them too much freedom. 
Oh. Yeah. Oh. And they therefore feel like they have the right to complain. Okay, I hate this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. This is why I perhaps had more antagonistic feelings towards him than you did at the <laughs> beginning of the episode. And his, his argument is, you know what we need? A dictator. <laughs> oh, somebody with executive orders that nobody can refuse. Exactly. Great. Well, that's a solution. We need one man in charge, make quick decisions, whip everyone into shape. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, not surprisingly, I don't think this is quite taken up by everybody. <laughs> what? Suggestion. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, it is rather extreme. Yeah. Exactly. I don't think they've got cause to warrant a dictator, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so Virginius is basically at this point in time in my account seen as the moderate. Okay. Mm, um, mm. He, he's kind of, you know. I was going to say, so Publius Virginius has been described by Dionysius as a man devoted to the people. Yes, exactly, and I think that's just it. I think he's seen as being someone who's uh, who is willing to hear the complaints of the people, but who I think the senators aren't necessarily, you know, going to be working against him mm. per se. Um, largius, oh, largius, <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Um, he's he's uh, he's basically seen as being, I think, a bit more extreme in his opinions. Okay, mm-hmm. so we continue on, and nothing's really being done here. Okay, mm-hmm. and so because of these factions, Appius now <laughs> gets his way. Oh, really? Yeah, and he Ooh. is very Ooh. near, very near being created Di- a dictator. Oh, really? They're going to make him the dictator? That's he right. suggests it, and they're going to. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh so, no. As you the can horror. Imagine, Everybody, yeah. plebeians, run for the Volsky. Yes, yeah, you right. can become their slaves. Yeah. As luck would have it, it's funny you should mention external <laughs> enemies. Because it's at this point in time that it seems the Romans are facing a variety mm-hmm. of enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the Volsky again. Okay, the Sabines and the <laughs> I, I'm going to say the Aquians or the Aquians, maybe mm-hmm. Aquians. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, and so basically they decide. You know what? Although we like this idea of dictator, I'm not sure if Appius Claudius is really the right uh, <laughs> the right one to go for here. He seems quite um, divisive, a divisive um, figure. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So, yeah, so we have this moment. So, actually, I do have a little bit on this. So, okay, yeah. So, Appius uh, proposes a dictator. Yeah. Um, and apparently the young senators are quite on board with this. They're like, yeah, let's have a dictator. Um, and when we say young, I mean the 40-year-olds or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so everybody gets, uh, there's a bit of uproar in the Senate. Mm. Um, so the trouble is that it's pretty clear that the young senators are mostly interested in violence. Um, <laughs> right. And, young men feeling uh, violent? Uh-huh. What? Mm, mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, something's yeah. never changed. <laughs> well, you know, definitions of masculinity continue over time. Yes. Um, so uh, the other senators sort of get together. Or the consuls, I should say, get together. Yeah. Um, and they're like, no, just no. I mean, if we're going to have a dictator, just not Claudius. Yeah. You know, they exclude him from contention. And instead, they they appoint Manius Valerius. Ah. Yes, I've got the same guy. Yeah, Manius yeah, Valerius. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the brother, a, a brother of Publius Valerius. Who was the first consul? Mm, yeah, that guy. We, I think we, we did a special episode on him, didn't we? Maybe we did. Maybe we did. Mm. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so they choose a Valerii, yep, a patrician. Uh-huh. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, and in my account, that's pretty much as you say, because the feeling is that um, although the plebeians totally see that a dictator is not in uh-huh. their interests, they well. they are at least happy that. 
um, because of the family connection. Yes, and also yeah. he's quite old, and since Young has been posited as a a parallel with violence by Dionysius in this passage, yeah, he takes old and sort of puts it with like sort of more calm, staid sort of affairs. Right, yeah. And they think that because he's old and more calm and probably less disposed to violence, that he will be more inclined to deal with the plebeians gently. Yeah, that's exactly it. And they and because of his brother's law that they have that privilege of appeal, they mm. yeah, they feel they feel safe. They feel yeah. like they're in a safe space. Oh, thanks. Yeah, man. or a reasonably safe space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just it. So Slightly. it's probably probably good that although Appius technically got his way and that there is a dictator, good that it's not Appius <laughs> himself because <laughs> God knows what have happened. Yeah, and it's God. at this point in time, basically, that uh, the uh, Aquians, is that what I said I'm going to go with? The Aquians decide to invade Latin territory. <laughs> and the Romans know that they really <laughs> want to... Wait a to, minute, an yeah. external threat. Yeah. The Romans know that they want to come to the aid of the Latins. They don't mm, want the Latins mm-hmm. to have to defend themselves mm-hmm. because they think it's far too risky after everything that happened at that lake, Lake Regulus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they know how sneaky... That battle, those, it's important, that They one. know how sneaky those Latins can be and they don't want them to be um, holding arms again. Too mm-hmm, risky. Mm-hmm. So they know that they need to be the ones to defend the Latins here. Okay? And the Aquians are being very... It's strategic. <laughs> yeah, in that they're using the mountains as defensive methods to try and prolong the fight. Oh, that's okay. a smart move. Oh, I know. Has anybody I'm... tried that before? <laughs> the high ground? <laughs> the high ground? Using the high grounds being the thing that we've been looking for this entire time? Maybe that will defeat yeah, the Romans. Town. Yeah. <laughs> Good seven hills. Once we get on top of them, it's done. Yeah, and meanwhile, the other console has to deal with the whole Volskian issue. Because, yeah, they yeah. apparently didn't get enough the last time. <laughs> Okay, and uh, he's determined, as you would be. Are I they think. fighting a war on two fronts? Kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, they, it's not—it's not them that's being attacked. Yeah. Obviously, in the other in the other sense, yeah. it's, it is their it's their allies. You know? Oh, okay, well, uh, all right. You know, so it's yeah. technically not them, but yeah, yeah essentially sure. they kind of are. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I said there's a variety of external threats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so we get into this whole issue with the Volskians. Are you roughly sort of in that? In that time zone, do you have a Volskian conflict? Yeah, look, I mean, Dionysius spends a lot of time on speeches. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. this is where book six gets really blown out. We probably don't need to Because he wants detail. to show off yeah. a lot of his rhetoric. <laughs> okay. Um, but yes, I mean, we've got... Um, I've got some things, some like mentions of the uh, the Aquians and Sabines ah. joined together. Oh dear. Yeah, they ally themselves. Unity, um, never mm-hmm. good. And when it's in the enemy, that is. Yeah. <laughs> the consuls leave the city, yeah. um, pitch their camps near each other, and, uh, you know, they uh, attempt to go into battle. And Yeah, well, this, for, for me, with the Vol- whole Volskian battle, it's um, although the Volskians, you'd, you know, once again, you'd think, you would think, that they had what they needed for victory. <laughs> They've got the high ground. They're being a bit strategic. But mm. then it seems that they, they're aware that they um, have an advantage of numbers. Mm-hmm. And so they just decide, you know what? Let's just throw everything we've got at them. Whatever. We're totally going to win them. So some some of the issues that happen, yes. um, just as a sideline, yes. um, according to Dionysius, like so the Romans go out to meet... Um, the Aquins and Sabines. Yeah. And the soldiers all come together. Right. And at the instigation of Sicinius Bolutus, presumably a what centurion. A yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Bolutus in there. That's yeah. nice. Um, they seize the standards and revolt from the consuls. <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, I cannot I cannot emphasize how strongly important the standards are at this yes. point in time. 
the standard is invested with a kind of quasi spiritual power. Yeah. It, it represents the Romans' uh, ability to go into war and the concession of the gods to allow them to do so. Yeah, and you'll see that even though you think, well, it's generally just like a decorated piece of wood, right? But <laughs> but the Romans will fight, you know, for, well, for hundreds, hundreds of years, they will they will happily fight a war to like get standards back. Reclaim the standards, yeah. yeah. It's a big and we deal. see we see a couple of instances of this in um, the Julian um, Caesarian period yes. and the Augustan period, yes. where losing the standards is considered extremely dishonorable. Yeah, um, and, it really and haunts, it really haunts them. Like, and legitimately yeah, yeah, them. and yeah. and it's got religious associations with it. Like it's profoundly bad luck. You actually have to disband um, the disbanden. Yeah. Disband. Oh, disband, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh, ooh. Mind, sorry. Hello. Um, no, you actually have to disband <laughs> yeah. the, the legion that is associated with the standard if yeah. the standard is lost. Yeah, because um, yeah, each, each legion has a standard. Each yeah. legion has yeah. a standard. Yeah. So you cannot... It, it is so invested with the symbolic character of that legion that yeah. that legion can no longer exist if the standard no longer exists. Wow. So... Um, these soldiers rise up and seize the standards for themselves. Um, wow. And yeah. and then they appoint different centurions to lead the different legions. Right. Okay. Um, Sicinius Bolutus becomes the overall chief in this, the overall general. Wow. And they occupy a certain... They occupy um, a place near the Anio. Um, so this is a tributary of the Tiber. Yeah, I think we've talked about the Anio before. Yeah, the Anio, yeah. they've had some battles here before against yeah, the Yeah, and it's fairly close. It is quite close to the yeah, city. Yeah, to the yeah. city, yeah. Really not that far out. No. Um, and it is for this reason that the mount that the forces occupy is now known as the Sacred Mount. Oh. Ah, let's get, pay attention, people. The Sacred Mount is the going sacred to mount. to the story. The Sacred Mount. <laughs> yes. Near the Anio, near <laughs> Rome. Um, and so we have this sort of moment where we have the plebeians rise up physically and revolt against the consuls. Yeah, see, mine, I'm pretty sure that this is, um, I'm pretty sure that this is the sort of equivalent, I suppose, to your story there. In that basically I've got um, the Volscians get overconfident. They just don't worry about having any discipline in terms of the way they attack the Romans. Big mistake. And they're beaten, basically. Um, and then if we switch to what you were talking about then um, with the Sabines, um, the dictator wins a very quick victory, it seems, over the Sabines. You know, everyone's like, glory, glory, be. <laughs> very happy. Praise. Exactly. Um, as they tend to do, uh, you know, the dictator has a triumph. He has honours. He has a special place in the circus. For, oh, wow. Yeah, assigned to him for posterity. <laughs> a curial chair. Oh, hello. Yeah. Of all of the things and the fancy shoes. Exactly. I know. This like, guy. Like, they just keep taking and taking <laughs> and taking. Um, in the meantime, because the Volskins were defeated, they take, you know, lands again. They set up a colony there. Okay, so all looking good on that front. Then we've got the battle with the... Um, I can't remember how I, how I decided to pronounce this. Aquians? Did I say Aquians? Aquians. Yeah. Um, and this is where I think the sort of revolty thing comes in. Mm. Okay. Because it seems, in Livy's account, um, they fight 
battle against these people, even though the consul did not want to fight. His soldiers <laughs> basically <laughs> bully him. Mm. They, they're accusing him that uh, of, of sort of stringing out the conflict. Um, Fair enough. Uh, you know, sort of in, in his own interests, uh, you know, to... I suppose they don't have to go home and deal with their actual issues. <laughs> like, I feel like you're not hearing me. <laughs> and so they basically bully him into fighting, but when he didn't want to fight. Um, and because they were so bold, so courageous, victory is theirs. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So even when everything goes wrong, everything goes right. Exactly. The Romans, yeah. you know, but... <laughs> So as a nice sort of like rounding off moment for that sort of situation, yeah. Dionysius gives us a speech from Sicinius. <laughs> I know. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And, he, and so, like, yeah, so the consuls are, like, in disarray because, like, the centurions have taken over the armed forces sure, and rebelled and, yeah. like, now occupying what they're calling Sacred Mount. Yeah. <laughs> How dare they? Yeah, sacred um, Mount. Sacred Mount. Oh, Sacred Mount, you. Yeah. Give me back my forces. Oh, wait a minute. Um, if I had an army, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wouldn't do to you. <laughs> All of the things. Oh, yeah. oh. Fine, I'm, I'm going back to Rome. I'll see you there when mob, you want to return. power, damn it. <laughs> you guys suck. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, so Sicinius um, uh, is, speaks with the consuls mm-hmm. in front of the troops. You know, there's a sort of a set-to piece. And um, he's like, with what purpose, patricians, do you now recall those whom you have driven from their country <laughs> and transformed from free men into slaves? Which is actually kind of literally It's true. kind of true. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like he's not, he's not, it's not hyperbole, no. guys. Like, legit issues. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what assurances will you give us for the performance of those promises which you are convicted of having often broken already? Yeah. Yeah. Truer words. The tension. I mean, it's actually kind of amazing that they're able to string out <laughs> these problems. Because for me, basically, um, the... Yeah, you know, the Romans, they go home, you know, success, 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 tick, mm. tick, tick, enemies beaten. Yep. We've managed to face down three different enemies <laughs> and we're awesome. Uh, however, <laughs> everyone's obviously still feeling the, pro- you know, the discontent. Oh, yeah. Um, the patricians, the plebeians, the internal problems, they're not going away. So the dictator, of course, Valerius, he's trying to take care of this. He's trying to come to some sort of solution to their internal problems but the senate refuses to deal with the problem oh really yeah you can't get anything through the senate no they're just like you know what? we don't we just we don't want to deal with this ostrich yeah and so in my account valerius actually renounces the dictatorship oh wow yeah uh, and as a result the people are of course thrilled to bits <laughs> and they attend him as he retired to his house with approbation and applause oh yeah so he gets to keep uh keep his uh, good associations Mm-mm. yeah so that's what's happening in my account at this point in time okay yeah Mm. Yeah. So we have this moment where Siculus, uh, uh, Sic, yeah, what's his name? Sicinius. Sic- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you know, there's lots that of guy. eyes that in there. Guy, yeah. You know, Balutus. The, you know. the speech guy. He's yeah. giving his speech. Yeah. And he's like, and he concludes with this. He's like, but since you desire to have sole possession of the city, return thither, undisturbed by the poor and humble. Ooh. As for us, we shall be content to regard as our country any land. Whatever it be in which we may enjoy our liberty. Wow. Like, we're kind of going to stay here and maybe wander off and find a new place to live. Okay, yeah, see, there's still, this is still building in my account. So basically, mm. um, 
that because there is no external threat, the Senate's getting increasingly nervous. Oh. Um, and they try and actually invent a pretext or more <laughs> to keep the people busy, but they don't wow. fall for it this time. They've, <laughs> they've fallen for that too many times. And this is where Sicinius comes in. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, and it says, basically, um, Livy says that because on the advice of Sicinius, no big speech, they he says we should withdraw to the sacred mount. And this is mm. what is known as... The first secession. Uh huh. This is the moment. This is the, the first moment. secession. Yeah, where the, the. You kind of think of it, I suppose, in terms of uh, like the American Civil War. They're basically saying we are withdrawing as being part of this state. We are no longer part of this state. We secede. From this state, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't want to be a part of whatever this is anymore. Exactly, and you cannot make me because I'm walking away. Yeah, walking and this is away. this is a less violent option than what some of the plebeians have been throwing around in my account. They've mm. been talking about putting the consuls to death and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, apparently, according to Dionysius, when yeah. news of Balutus's speech gets back to the city, mm. the whole city goes into an uproar. Yeah, um, there was a great tumult. And lamentation and running through the streets. Yeah. And and so the plebeians in the city begin to evacuate. They're like, yeah, I'm going. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with those guys. I'm heading for Sacred Mount. Let's blow this popsicle <laughs> stand. Yeah, yeah. Sacred Let's, Mount sounds so much more appealing. <laughs> Let's blow this thing and yeah. find a new home. Yeah. Um, so the patricians try to dissuade them out of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's, so, a, there's a lot of fear of Sacred yeah, yeah. And surprise, surprise. Uh, the plebeians refuse to obey nice. <laughs> yet again. Finally, they've learned their lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the gates get clogged uh, with crowds of people trying to get out. Wow. Yeah, and the guards that have been appointed to like look after the gates yeah. um, aren't able to resist these crowds any further. Mm. Um, and they're forced to desert their posts, and the populace rush out. And the commotion resembles the capture of a city. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, even even for those plebeians who maybe weren't, uh, maybe initially planning to say leave the city. Mm. Um, in my account, anyway, they're kind of scared to stay because yeah. they're worried that the patricians are going to take out any ill feeling on them if they stay. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of feel like they have to go. Mm, yeah, mm. even if even apparently even if they weren't necessarily intending to. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, so it's kind of, some people are like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, and other people saying, you know, oh, I, I guess we should go because we're Canadians <laughs> and we could be in danger here. Well, it's kind of, it's really quite interesting because it's like, they're a little bit directionless as well. And it's like, so yeah. according to Dionysius, they sort of, they take the necessary provisions from the fields that lay near them. So they leave the city and basically pillage the city. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, to be fair, yeah. they're pillaging their own fields yeah, and, and they're about to leave. Yeah. So they're kind of like, you know, I'm going to my farm, taking all of my food and going on my way. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but it sort of resembles like the attack of a city. And but once they do that, they all just start milling about sort of in the countryside. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty directionless. Yeah. Being like, well, now what do we do? I mean, I could just live on my farm, I suppose. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, the patricians aren't here right now yes. I mean they're over there in the city and it's like and as long as they don't come and like talk to me here you know this is like a succession yeah. like, I've, I've succeeded already haven't I you know it's done it's a done deal um, so they're not really like because it's so off the cusp and it's come at a sort of a precipice moment like any moment of revolution nobody's prepared no, and there no. is no plan that's right and they're just sort of milling about in the countryside being like well now what? Yeah. Well, I mean, in my account, they do fortify their camp with a rampart and a trench. 
and they this sounds like sacred mount well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, see, Livy because those guys are slightly is, more organized. This is this is one of those times where Livy actually indicates um, two different uh, versions of things. He says, mm. uh, in some accounts, they went to Sacred Mount. Yep. In some accounts, the secession was made to the Aventine. Oh yes, yeah. Yes. Uh, but he says he he trusts the Sacred Mount story <laughs> more than he does the Aventine story. I, I kind of go with that as well. Yeah. yeah. The Aventine is the Aventine's in Rome. It is, and so it would pretty seem, much. It would seem silly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not far enough away to have a proper. It'd almost be like session. I don't sent. think exactly. It'd be like I'm going to go to my corner now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to my bedroom, which yeah. is now my country, and you cannot enter it. Slam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not far enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, and in my account, the Senate. Senators are obviously, of course. Sorry, not it's not the senators, the senators, but also the patricians more generally. <laughs> they are very keen to restore domestic peace at any cost. They're mm. finally this. This the patricians realize well they're in a very vulnerable position now. Exactly. It's like, yeah. Like Rome has enough enemies that it's just not going to be able to withstand anybody if they don't have the plebeians. Yeah, and this is this is kind of an interesting. Um, thing which I don't know, I don't know if Dionysius mentions it or not. But they say that they decide to send out um, sort of an ambassador, sorry, <laughs> ambassador to the plebeians, mm. uh, one Meninius Agrippa, oh, uh, yes. who they choose because he's apparently quite eloquent, but also mm. because they feel he would be acceptable to the plebeians because he had originally been one of their body. Oh, now, this is, that, really? That's it, curious. It is curious, isn't it? Because it kind of suggests... Because that kind of implies that there is an ability to shift, even in this very early period, between yeah. the patricians exactly. and the plebeian class. And there are, there are, of course, academics who have raised this whole idea that actually, this, um, that actually officers and positions could be held by a patrician or plebeians early on, and it's actually only after the monarchy falls and during this early part of this century that we have that closing of the patriciate where gradually the patriciates actually Mm. take more power at this point in time and that's actually what's kind of the struggle of the orders is initially about the fact that they are actually becoming dominant now okay and and over the next little while yeah because and because that that kind of it's exactly that kind of statement which seems to imply that Mm. there is the possibility of movement or something. Because Menenius like Agrippa was consul in 503. Get out. No. Well, there no. you go. And, but then, of course, that also could raise the possibility that you become a patrician when you become part of the Senate. Yes. Maybe. But, but as I say, it's all very up in the air. There's, there's, mm. no, there's, there's no way we can say one way or the other yeah. what this means. Yeah. I could be reading far too much into it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Um, and, and it's, uh, Agrippa goes to tell the... He decides to tell the plebeians mm. a story. <laughs> a fable, if you will. Mm. Now, should I save this fable for next time, Dr. G? I... Or- yeah, let's save that fable All for right. next time. Tune in next time, listeners, for Agrippa's famous fable. <laughs> <laughs> to the plebeians on the... Same-